0: Welcome to Two Worlds Collide, a podcast brought to you by Coach B and Coach Neens, where we talk about anything and everything health, nutrition, mindset, body, and fitness. We won't always agree on things, but we're here to bring you different perspectives so you can form your own. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get started with today's episode. Hi, Nina. Hi, Brandy. How's it going? It's going well. And you? yeah it's going really really well it's a sunny morning over here at the time of recording this so sunshine and sunrises always make me smile so and talking to
1: you isn't that isn't that bad either so awesome yes mutually feeling the same way this morning I look forward to these calls some days I'll be like oh you know what I mean like you wake up and you just got so much on your plate but then I'm like oh well on the bright side of things so I could talk to Nina later today mm-hmm. so see I get to
0: I get to pretty much start my days my Tuesdays with these calls because it's, know, it's aside from checking emails and and doing some quick anything super fast I that's the, the first first thing I get to do on a Tuesday so
1: day couldn't awesome. start any better well there you go it's a nicer day. The weather is starting to be a little bit chillier. So it was like a balmy minus five when I was walking this morning, with a little bit of a wind. So there was probably like a wind chill, like the fact that I'm talking wind chills, although it's November 1st and there's no snow on the ground and we still have leaves on our trees. So we're winning and the sun is shining and the sky is actually pretty blue. Like it's, there's no clouds right now. So it's great. But you know, what's, what's um, funny there
0: is you call minus five balmy. And I'm sitting here going, but that would be, that that's not my definition of barney. Well, it is when it's
1: minus thirty is on the horizon, so I it's know. it's fucking warm right now. I know. Now. We're just, like I can't, I, I have like, to be very streaming. careful. I don't, I dislike winter. It's funny because you know, I know, uh I don't want to release who we're gonna be, who us. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say who. I talked to about this and what who we're going to be dropping the podcast on about tomorrow but this person helped me dive in to why I hate winter so much
0: <laughs> well it's funny that you are like dancing around who it is but by the time this episode is
1: oh my god yeah <laughs> on, it's so funny because I act like I talk like we're in real time which we are it's November 1st but okay so yeah so Karen. And I were talking one day on one of my coaching calls and I tell, I told her about how much I hate winter. And it's, it really is like, it's kind of like the person who says, I hate working out. Right. Mm. And so I just find it so difficult to enjoy winter. And I just dwell on the cold all the time. So she actually asked me to break down like, what's what, what do I like? And what don't I like? Like, what are those things? Right. So hmm. I did that. I did that on one of my um, notes and I shared it with her. And it's interesting because most of it relates back to just being cold. I don't like being cold. Some people don't mind being hot and, or, you know, whatever that looks like. But for me, I'd much rather be sweating and cause I can put a fan on me, but it's cold. Like if I can put sweaters on too, but when I'm cold and I know, Nina, you can relate, it's very difficult for me to warm up. I've always been that way. Actually, more or less because since my contest prep days, I'll be honest, like I sometimes think, even though the doctors say my thyroid is fine, I sometimes wonder if just being a smaller human, leaner individual mm. that that really does have an impact on me. I'm not saying let's be clear here. I'm not saying your thyroid, yeah. if you're skinnier is a problem. But what I'm saying is that I just feel like I've been colder.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm not as
1: warm as I used to be. Yeah, well, I can definitely, definitely.
0: Relate, and I mean, this past winter here because our heating broke, and it doesn't, it gets nowhere near the minus whatever like extremes that it does for you. Like where we live, because we're right by the sea, um, it gets cold, like wind chill wise, because we literally get hit with winds from Antarctica without any, you know, there's no landmass in between Antarctica and, and Wellington. Um, um, so there's nothing that kind of, you know, calms it down, so we get, sometimes get those icy winds in winter in particular, but, and it gets windy here a lot, so the air temperature might be quite warm, but depending on what kind of wind you've got, it actually still feels a bit chilly just because of the wind, mm-hmm. but our winters, I think, because of where we are, by right by the sea, and um, just how the climate is, maybe a few days Each winter we might get frost. I say might. And I know you're like shaking your head going, fuck.
1: I think we have frost already.
0: Yeah, but it doesn't like we don't get it a lot. Like other areas of the country do, by the way, just in case you're, you know, the other areas definitely get it. They get snow, they get, you know, we have like the we have Alps on the South Island basically. Like we 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 get that kind of stuff. Just where I am, it doesn't get as cold but I was diagnosed with Raynaud's syndrome yes. over the winter because I get and I know this is TMI but whatever um we should we're about sharing this shit here um because I get chill as well and they got really bad this year because our heating was broken um and so I very much relate to I hate living in the cold or I, not or I, I need like constant not necessarily the exact same temperature, but I think I actually need to have, like my surroundings need to be at a certain temperature consistently for me to not actually get right. the symptoms of rhinos. And luckily now that I know that I have it, I can sort of, I kind of thought I had it for a couple of years, but I have it confirmed now. Um, you know, like I know I need to make sure I stay warm. And the the shitty thing is though, a lot of the time, like my entire but I won't feel cold in my body almost until it's too late and I start noticing the symptoms of like my hands or my feet getting quite cold but I'll feel okay otherwise so it's really really hard but I've got this medication that I can I am taking as well so that's helping but I do I'd rather live in somewhere where it's consistently like 20 degrees and warmer whereas James is like nah give me the cold any time of day so that's going to be an interesting dynamic to play out because I don't mind sweating either I mean it's uncomfortable sometimes and that kind of really like muggy pressing kind of heat isn't you know isn't necessarily great either like humid heat I can't I I don't function well in
1: but like dry heat I could probably do that but it doesn't get like that here often so We'll have to have an episode where we kind of just chit chat about things like that we've gone mm. through and stuff like that, because there's, there's a few things I could I even share about that too. But before we do that, we'll record this one and yes. we'll do that because I think it'd be interesting to just have conversations about what you and I've kind of gone through. I think mm. that's a lot of the time people think that coaches don't experience some, you know, like. I don't know shit, shitty things in life and yeah. I mean I'm I'm 46 it's my birthday month I'll be 47 perimenopause shit is happening I know it is so I can share some of that stuff and some of the tips and tricks uh, as to navigating that so okay I think that'll be, so that'll gonna, be really helpful it will be good it'll be good but before
0: before we get started shall we quickly share some wins for the week yes that's we what I was about to say. in today's topic what are your wins um I
1: won it's so silly. I didn't fight with Corey when we were doing our mini re- renovation. I said to him, cause we replaced our microwave on top of our stove. I said to him, um, last week when we bought it, I said, I better get a lot of sleep and I better eat because I know what it's like to work with you because long story short, my husband's a, he's a, he owns his own business. He runs his own welding truck, but I know what it's like to hear him and how they are. With each other. Right. And so I'm like, I'm not your apprentice. I'm your wife when we're working together. (laughs) And so, so like, and I'm like, I'm not a dude, you know, like don't, you know, and it's not like he's, he's not disrespectful. Don't get me wrong. It's actually quite, quite comical to watch them and listen to them when they're talking to each other. But that being said, we didn't fight. Like at all, like I was helping him lift it up. And normally there's always something, there's always something where I don't agree with what he's doing and he he's not reading instructions. So this time I said to him, listen, cause my husband's very much a, like he's, he's, he's a handyman, like he's a welder. And so he works with stuff all the time, but does he like working with shit like tile and wood? No, he likes metal. He likes to fabricate. He likes to do that kind of shit. And so I said to him that when we started, let me read the instructions. Cause he's often the one, even when we're building ikea furniture he'll skip over the fucking instructions and he'll miss something and then i'm like are you serious we got to take this thing apart so my win is that i did not argue with my husband we did not even one time it was fun actually we actually laughed because we figured out at one point we're like are you serious like we did an entire saturday of not getting shit done because half the like our builder took shortcuts so we had to work around mm-hmm. our builder shortcuts which is very frustrating 15 years later but yeah. that being said i won i didn't fight. You won. yeah that's awesome
0: mhm um, my win would have to be that i survived my first semester back being a, v- a university well done student i've finished the two tests that are part of, there were the last assessment, aside from assignments and little essays and things I had to write, um, I did them over the weekend. So I didn't really have a weekend, which isn't that great of a, a win, because I spent it cooped up inside, watching, re-watching lectures, rereading books and making lots of notes, because thankfully I can do the tests at home and they were a bit sort of basically open book you have an hour to complete them and if you didn't know something right away you had you know there was an opportunity limited opportunity to look it up so I basically wrote myself like a you know all the notes from my lectures and textbooks I basically compiled it into like these searchable word documents so I could um easily support what I needed um what I needed to know but I'm glad it's over as well because it's just one less ball to juggle for the rest of the year until February when it starts again because we now as much as anyone in the northern hemisphere is going to be like shaking their heads when I'm about to say this but we we're we're getting our summer break (laughs) that's weird um in the first the the the, the fall or autumn semester starts in um February which is technically still summer here so um (laughs) but yeah it's fair. it was really interesting, though, and I think I shared some of this in like over on Instagram the week that they were we were recording this. And I think we touched on some of this with um I guess Karen, whose episode is releasing today, um what it would have released the day we were recording this. because um, I've worked with her a lot on belief work as well, and it was really interesting because especially in the week leading up to these tests and then on the day of the tests, I, re- I literally sat down each morning and I have my little notebook right next to me here. And I wrote down and asked myself what, you know, what's my priority. And obviously it was studying and then taking the tests. And I really asked myself what I needed to believe to get that done and to, to, you know, to be able to complete those things. And it's just shown me how powerful, you know, our self-talk. Yeah um Absolutely. can really be and I think we I don't think we've probably talked about that but it's probably we've we've got some we've got so many exciting episode ideas coming and guest interviews with other people so I think that's going to be something we're going to talk about maybe with another another coach that has a bit of background in that space too um because it's just like you think it's a bit woo-woo but there's actually a lot of evidence and a lot of just power behind how you think and talk to yourself and even though this episode will air earlier than some of those other ones, I think if you you know, notice that maybe there's some improvement, there's one of the most powerful changes you can make and obviously reach out to either of us if you wanna chat a little bit more because we're more than happy to help you with that. But um, anyway, we, we've, we, we've gone, I don't know how much time has passed already but we've gone like 10 minutes, maybe, maybe longer. And we We haven't acknowledged. This is our 15th episode. We are recording our 15th episode. I cannot believe it.
1: I know it's good. It's crazy. So this is why we're going to dive right into some Q and A's that we kind of compiled. Like I have a lot of, like, I'm being very transparent here. I have a lot of questions that I tend to write down throughout my coaching career and so what I did is I, I thought we, you know, Nina thought that we should celebrate this 15th episode by having a Q and a, and so I wrote down a few questions that, I mean, actually I highlighted a few questions out of my book that I have that I thought we could kind of like just kind of generally talk about, but you also received a question through um, our Instagram page specifically to the podcast, which is kind of cool. I love that we're, you know, getting some interaction. One person that we can help is better than not helping one person, you know, other people or how, how are I meant to say that? one is better than nothing yes um so nina what is that question so that
0: question and i won't because i didn't check with them so i won't name them but you'll know that it's your question um <laughs> just because yeah you know this i didn't ask so i don't just want to assume but the question is what is the most powerful
1: change or coaching question people are too scared to ask so i had you repeat this to me before because i thought hmm So too scared to ask what I see, and I kind of briefly talked with you about this before we started recording is that I honestly do feel that it's the fact that they are actually too afraid to ask or tell us what they really want from the journey. So what I mean by that, my experience is that people will tend to say, well, I want to lose 10 pounds or, um, well, it's just so easy to say 10 pounds because it's true. You know, I want to lose 10 pounds, but what they actually probably wanted to say to me is that I often overeat. I uh, feel like I use emotions all the time to cope with my food, you know, and then uh, sorry uh, to cope. And then I use food to cope with those emotions. And, you know, like they, they really are confused as to why they are actually, you know, contacting us. Um, they know that there's something there that fat losses it or weight losses it. But at the end of the day, they're really not understanding the root of the problem. So I would honestly say it's just there. It's people lack the transparency with their coaches in the very beginning and are just a little bit nervous or scared of judgment. They're not in that place of no like trust yet. For some people, I do get it straight off the bat, but in most cases, and that's the scary one, they will be straight up and, and tell me they're demons. And it's not really a question. It's like this is who I am, where do I start? That's the most complicated question I can often get. This is who I am, where do I start? Um, but often it's like, this is what I think I need, mm. but I'm too afraid to tell you what I really want.
0: And I think I'm gonna, like in a somewhat related, no, now I don't know, it's not necessarily a question. I don't know if it's, if people are actually too scared to ask themselves this question. But it maybe is a bit more that they don't ask themselves the question before they embark on a journey of wanting to change or wanting to you know grow or do something. And I think it's but it is a powerful question. It's what is it going to take to make this change? Because I think there's under and overestimating that can happen without really truly understanding what is actually required to take the steps, and that isn't just, you know, which macros do you need, or which fitness program do you use, it's especially, and I'm, we both know this is where I'm steering the conversation, but it's a lot, it's all the inner stuff, right, it's to having to work on how you think and talk, how you approach planning, how you view certain, you know, situations, events, relationship with food, relationship with other people, and right, like, there's so many things that, where you can actually make changes but we often just view it in a very myopic way as opposed to looking at like the bigger picture stuff and actually what it really takes to make those changes because it's often not even you know the willpower or the discipline it's actually the willingness to work on a lot of those things is what it takes not you know you don't have to have perfect macros and the perfect program it's a willingness to try shit and it's a willingness to to be coached but i think often that's sort of not necessarily talked about as much as the perfect macros and the perfect workup plan
1: well yes so like going into that or feeding off of that first question the next question i would say is the number one is like specifically where do i start You know, like I, I get a lot of those in question boxes when I do put it on my Instagram or even, um, in client inquiries, you know, new, new clients is like, where do I start? And it's such a broad question and it will always come back to, it depends because Mm -hmm. it is always going to be more than macros. Right. And so, you know, it is just trying to figure out where to start in terms of like, um, laying it all out, you know, what is it? My answer to that question of where to start is like, where do you want to be? You know, what is that wish? What's that desired outcome? And then from that standpoint, we reverse engineer it because when you reverse engineer, you can start to pick at what actually is the root of the problem. You can start to see, you know, more of that map Um, because yeah, there could be some obvious mindset, you know, stuff going on in there, but maybe the mindset is okay. And it's really not an inner critic or anything like that or limiting beliefs. It's just like, you really don't know, like you have everything else in mind, but you're having a difficult time understanding why eating low calories all the time isn't working. Right. So when we reverse engineer, it's like figuring out all the different facets that we need to address. And yeah, it can be as little as like, Hey, you know, here are your macros, or can be as big as like, Holy shit. Like we need to start diving into, you know, your um, relationship with yourself, you know, where is your mindset? Do you have one of growth or fixed, you know? So there's, there's a lot of it. And obviously it overlaps too. So like, even if I said to you and you came to me and you're like, where do I start? And you've got everything else, like the, all the boxes ticked. And really the obvious thing for me is like, oh, we just need to address your nutritional intake and your, your choices based on your goals and everything else you've been doing. Maybe that's when we start to, un Um, we, you know, we, we start to dig in and we uncover some of those, you actually do have a fixed mindset around your nutrition because you have rules and these, you know, regulations around food choices and eating low calorie and cheap meals on the weekend. Like that is start part of it. Right. So where do you start? It's a, it's a huge, huge thing, but it starts with you kind of identifying, um, you know that wish that outcome and moving you know
0: backwards from that so maybe if we can flip it back for this person I think if you were contemplating making a change in whatever area maybe we can you know what are some questions that listeners can ask themselves to kind of get into a bit of a you know to even if they were for their own benefit but especially if they were to you know work with either of us or another coach it's basically You know, what are some powerful questions that they can ask themselves to maybe get some clarity on what they're after and why?
1: And I think I've hinted at one of the questions already, but well, you you can start with you. I mean, it's very basic, actually, to be honest, it's like, who are you and who do you want to become right now? Right. So you figure out who you are right now. And then what is that, you know, that person you want to become. Right. And then you can identify um, your values. Right. So, you know, those things that really matter most. And then when you start looking at your goals is that you start looking at the, the big goal and then you can start to put them into smaller sub goals and understanding if those sub goals require habits and behavior attachments to them and then kind of breaking it down and figuring out, okay, on a scale of one to 10, how capable or likely do you f- figure that you can follow through with this goal what is the lowest hanging fruit? Like, what's the easiest thing you can work on right now? What's the one small thing that's going to move that this, you know, the goal ahead by 1% it's again, it's a, de- it depends, but it really does start with just writing shit down and identifying who you are, where do you want to be? Because I'm, what people don't understand is that you can say that I want to be 10 pounds lighter, but you still have to identify as a person who you are and then identify if a person, if you are 10 pounds lighter, what would a person who is 10 pounds lighter do to achieve that? What are you doing now? That's not supporting what that person would do. What's the willingness there mm-hmm. and what are you, you know, so it, it's a huge, huge, like there's so many questions that, be, that can be yeah. asked, but I think that generally speaking is just starting with who you are, who do you want to be? And then looking at that outcome goal as the big one and understanding just to be clear outcome goals you do not control is your wish right so then you have to start breaking it down because those breakdowns those smaller goals are normally speaking the habits and behaviors that we have to start to modify and change and and that kind of thing does that
0: help you i think so well it helped. That person. I, I know <laughs> I'm sure well, then, we'll, we'll get feedback when um when this is but I think that's those are some good good questions yeah. and good suggestions there and that's a that's actually a, that's a powerful place to start and then there's obviously you know there's heaps like, I've got so many prompts and questions I could ask as well but it depends on the person and what they're actually trying to do too so if any of you are listening and you're like oh actually I kind of want to dig into some of this more feel free to either message the pod on Instagram or myself our handles are in the show notes I'm more than happy to you know give you some more prompts of, you know because self inquiry instead of that kind of you know journaling figuring this kind of doing some of this stuff is is something that I'm quite passionate about and enjoy doing with my clients a lot so Happy to help you out there, but we'll awesome. we'll keep it moving on. What a uh, because so, I know you've got like a question bank. Yeah, so, I do. What, what's so, one that you
1: wanted to um to talk about? Because a lot of people understand that I ha- obviously have an expertise in reverse dieting. I actually have two questions that are very similar. So the one is like, sorry, I'm turning my page so I don't forget. How do I know if a reverse diet is what I need? And this is I actually highlighted. This came from a one of my clients. Um, Uh, Amy, as well as it's very similar. How long do you reverse diet? And this one came from Sarah. So how do you know if you need to reverse diet or if it's what you need? It really is. It depends. It's going to be dependent on each situation, right? So what I like to say to people is like, if everything you've been doing is not working, if you've been dieting for a long period of time, if you are a yo-yo dieter, if you're someone who has, somewhat reached your goal, but you still have a ways to go, you know, it might be ideal to start looking at doing a reverse diet. Um, I think that anybody who has low calorie intake on a regular basis. So what I mean by that is low for you. So if you, even if you're 1500 calories and you just feel like that's not sustainable, cause you feel like every weekend, you're not really sticking to that then, you know, I would, you know, consider it because maybe we're in this place of not just metabolic adaptation and that's why you're not being, uh, seeing results, but maybe it's a time to rebuild that relationship with food, because that is also a role that reverse dieting can play to take you back into maintenance and to finally stop dieting in terms of like how long you, you diet, uh, you reverse diet for again, it depends because you could be somebody who's just finished a cut and If it was a 12-week cut, I would suggest trying to reverse for 12 weeks, Um, but I also have tons of clients that have been dieting on and off for what seems like forever. They they really have never not been dieting, and in those cases, it could be six months to a year because you reverse and you rebuild some of these relationships with food, and then from that standpoint, how long are you at maintenance? Well, again, it depends you may think that you're ready to diet, but your body, your physiology may not be prepared for that. So again, like a reverse diet just to re, you know, to kind of rehash just quickly, it's not meant to help you lose body fat or anything. It's nothing miracle, but it is there to help pull you out of any metabolic adaptations. And so, you know, like, again, if you've been really struggling to lose those last 10 to you know 15 pounds and you claim you've been doing everything right, but you're also low calorie, or you've just been a chronic dieter, it's time to consider it. And anybody who's done a photo shoot contest prep, anything like that, I highly, highly suggest an exit strategy of reverse dieting regardless. Um, and considering that if you are looking to lose body fat, understand if you have 20 pounds to lose, you want to bring a reverse diet in and cycle it in, um, going through like your, like we talked about nutritional periodization is going through a cut reverse dieting into maintenance, back into your cut, reverse diet into maintenance, you know, like that kind of cycle. And also maybe to remember the reverse diet can be also very beneficial for those who have come off a diet, but also want to now start gaining muscle mass. So it's dependent on so many variables. I can't give you an exact question, but if anything, any of those things kind of like resonate with you, it might be time to consider. And obviously you could always reach out and ask me because I would definitely, you know, try to help you out as, as much as possible, but It's a, it depends situation and answer. Nina?
0: I have, you're the reverse dieting queen. So I'm just, (laughs) I have nothing else to add there. That's, that was a huge question through and through.
1: I do have a question that I think you could be, you know, you, you absolutely could probably benefit, um, or it would help this person with you chiming in a little bit. Um, I got this question sent to me it's actually a repetitive one I have it in here as a a star so it's quite often I get this um through either Instagram or whatever how do you change the negative self-talk and so for me the first thing I always say to people is like number one it's normal let's normalize the situation negative self-talk it happens all the time hell I even go through it fuck I think I called myself I, I didn't call myself but I was struggling with how I was just like I just don't feel as strong. Right. And I, I think it's because I, at the moment when I was feeling that way, it was actually last week where I was just kind of like not feeling, you know, like on my game of strength in the gym, it wasn't very long before that, those thoughts. And I was kind of like trying to think where I triggered this, that I was actually um, reviewing a post that came up in my memories of my contest prep just that visual of how look how I looked but also remembering I mean my first like back you know kick at the can with dieting for a show and getting back on stage was in uh, 2011 so for me you know like this whole like it was over the holidays or sorry it was close to Halloween because I was finally coming in I think the show was actually October 26th 2011 and so that those those memories were coming in and flooding into my Facebook, and so I, you know, of course I was comparing myself to where I was ten years ago. Ten years ago, so I was 36 years old stepping on stage. There's a difference, right? So, but it wasn't even about how I looked. It was like, fuck, I don't feel as strong. <laughs> so we all have those critical thoughts, right? So for me, yeah. it's like, where's it coming from? And I knew just by answering that question, I was like, oh, like it's been 10 years. I kind of understood where those thoughts were coming from. I didn't have to journal this one. I talked it out with myself, but I do think that it's great to get the thought out. So a few things that I often say to my clients is like if you have negative self-talk or negative thoughts or images, whatever it is, is to try and notice and name that and to yeah. get those thoughts out. Awareness. So, that even just yeah, building that awareness to yeah. to see that actually shit, this is
0: this is happening. I think that's yeah. a key that is so, yeah. so key because like you said share but like where everyone struggles with this everyone still struggles with you know shitty body image days all of like all of the stuff that we help people with as coaches coaches struggle with that shit too it's just that we've probably got a few years on you on our listeners on the people that we help in the sense of we've got that awareness and we might be faster to recognize what's going on and then you know work through it as opposed to letting it fester or sitting with it for longer but we still have those like when I was just listening to you I had the same thing happen last week not that I've ever done bodybuilding competitions but I you know the Facebook or Instagram reminded me of something I shared two years ago It's only two years ago but I was in you know a different space then but I looked at you know my, my body and it was a lot leaner than it is currently because I've had and I'm I think I've talked about having you know working through some stuff at the moment and obviously I'm navigating injuries too but that like my thought comparison actually went to well should look how lean you were there and you were strong because I, I was And I'm like, not none of those things now. But then I was quickly to recognize, yeah, okay, cool. That that was two years ago. I'm in a different phase of life right now because I've been, you know, I'm navigating X, Y, Z. So it's just the awareness and then the quickly being able to figure out how to respond
1: to what's going on. Yeah, so that being said, okay, so I knew that thought, right? So for me, it's just like, what's the evidence for and against? So... For me, I knew like, okay, yeah, I've competed. And I mean, clearly I was strong back then, but I, in that moment, I'm thinking how I looked and being on stage versus where I am right now, versus the fact that a couple of weeks ago, I think it was that I recorded myself doing a deadlift and I ran out of bumpers in my my gym. So I didn't even hit my PR yet. And I was doing threes. Like, you know, I was like, I think I was on like my sixth set of three reps. I know I hadn't even hit one rep max yet. And I was already at my benchmark of whatever that was, like, 205 or 215. So for me, I'm just like, oh, shit, that's right. I did, like, I, I know I would have PR'd that. So I just had to go through that. So looking for the, you know, the evidence that's mm. that's um, true and what's, you know, what's to support that and then what's the evidence against that thought, kind of breaking that down. So first identifying that this is normal, identifying that this negative thought is occurring, where it's coming from. So noticing and naming, looking at the evidence for and against. And then for, for myself, it was just like, now i got to craft this new thought. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck this, man. I'm super strong. I'm 10 years older. Like, I know that this is not like, and, and here's the other thing. I was freaking shredded to the bones, unhappy as fuck. So I'm just like, I don't even want to be that person actually. So I could give a shit how, heavy, how strong she was in that picture because I'm way more stronger. Actually. I just, people get caught up in how we look. Right. Yeah. Even I do. So I was just like, I didn't even get beyond that look because I was just like, Oh, I, you know, like shredded, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, I don't even care to be like that. I would just want to be strong. And I want to be able to do all the things that I'm doing. So I crafted up this new thought and guess what gone. So it's breaking it down. And I think that if you were to compare your new thought with your old thought, you'll be able to identify those feelings. And for me, it was just like, yeah, this is awesome. And guess what, Nina? So just going back a little bit, remember I said those, those memories were starting to creep up because I was probably posting like, oh, I'm only one week out or whatever. So like I said, I think the day of my show was the 26th might've been the 28th. I don't even fucking remember. I didn't care that that memory came up. Mm -hmm. I didn't care because I already know that it doesn't matter anymore. It does not matter. I don't mm. care. I actually don't care. 10 years ago, boom. So it's just breaking it down. And it really is trying to find a better or uh, like give yourself a new narrative.
0: Yeah, I think to help maybe, and this is a tool or a technique that might help with that too. And I just want to chime in with is something that I found aside from the, because writing it out or putting it into like the notes on your phone or even recording you yourself saying it, it's, it's like, it's, it's a way of taking it out of your head. But something that I also found really powerful, and especially with that, that critic or that negative voice, is give it a name. So that it, you're literally making it another person. I think it's called othering the thought. And that it kind of, it's hard to explain, but it puts like that little buffer of like, it puts separation between you and the person that you, you kind of, you think you are. And that thought and it, it that separation can be really really powerful because you're not identifying with that like, you know you're, you're trying to remove the thought from being part of your identity if that makes sense and giving it I mean you you don't have to give it a name but that can be a fun thing because you could use you know and I know this isn't necessarily a healthy suggestion but you know use the the bully that you never reconciled with you can call it that you can call it whatever name you come up with like mine's called sally and i'm no offense to anyone called sally but by giving that critic a name sometimes it can as much as what we've just talked about is really really powerful too sometimes it can just be as powerful to say shut the fuck up sally so and another way that if you give that voice a name another helpful tool and we've we've I think we actually walked through that with, with your group not that long ago is by giving it a name and even pretending it's a different person as much as, you know, it's kind of part of you, is it also, it also lets you kind of go through a bit of a role play situation where you can figure out, you know, if, if Sally, like if in this instance, if that voice that I keep talking to myself with, if that was a friend or even, you know, maybe not even a friend, just. Someone else that I interact with a lot. You know, it could be a colleague. doesn't have to be a super-duper close person. But if this was someone else, a real person, how would you talk to them? I can guarantee right now that you're not going to talk to them exactly the same way you talk to yourself. 100%. But It can be super powerful to, you know, pretend as much as, you know, let's pretend you're talking to another person if they just said the things that you say to yourself and they said those things to you that that's how they talk to themselves what would you you know how would you talk to them how would you you know what would you how would you coach them how would you you know suggest that they navigate that situation and then you know look at what you would suggest to the, to that person and then see what of those things can you
1: take on as well That's awesome. I like that. I like that a lot. One question that I probably think everyone can relate to, to, to be honest that I get, and I summarize the question because it's has various takes on it. So it's like, I've had people ask me like, how do I overcome my fear of carbs when I've gone through keto? How do I overcome my car, my fear of carbs when I've done low carb? Um, So I kind of just basically, how do you overcome the fear of carbohydrates is the question. Um, the number one thing that I would do is I would list those specific fears and, or what you claim to be forbidden carbohydrates. Now let's be clear. In most cases, people will say pizza. Okay. But pizza is not a carbohydrate. It is a combination of high fat, high sodium, high carbohydrate with a little bit of protein. So. That's why I say to people, don't just list carbohydrates, actually list the foods that you fear. And what you should do is try to go from your most feared foods to your least feared foods. Okay. Write these all down. It doesn't matter if it's a fucking gummy bear or if it's a slice of chocolate cake. I don't care what it is. Write it down. Okay. Then what you're going to do is you're going to pick one and that one is going to come from the least feared. Okay because we don't want to be just attacking the, like everything, like the most like forbidden thing in your world. You don't want to do that because that could be very detrimental because you may or may not be able to follow through. But if you take the least feared food, and I did this back in the day when I had to reverse diet and learn how to start eating carbohydrates again, I I started with fruit because I, I knew fruit was healthy, but for me, fruit was still like, oh, it's full of sugar and you had to convince me otherwise, but we're not even going down that rabbit hole. But that being said, what you could do then is you pick your least. And then from that standpoint, try it that day, eat it. And I want you to notice the name what's going on. So how do you feel what's going on? Do you notice that there's really nothing negative that's as a result, but however, going back to the question we just answered, if you do have a negative thought, break it down. Okay. And then from that standpoint, you can try this new um, for or at least forbidden food, or at least you know feared food, every day until you feel very comfortable. So if that means like for you, like it's having that that just it, it maybe it is a banana. So if it means having a banana every single day until you feel like oh, just grabbing a banana is okay, like there's no hesitation, great. But maybe for you, like that first day was easy, like wow that was easy. Move on to the next feared food, least feared. Okay, so you're going up that you know you're going backwards. And you can do that the next day and you can continue to do that until you feel comfortable with your selection of foods. Now, here's the one thing that I will say, if you're someone who's learning to kind of like bring flexibility into your diet, so flexible dieting protocols, be very aware though, that constantly changing foods and throwing foods in and out can also disrupt what you're actually trying to achieve flexibility means you want to have more variety, but changing things up every single day can be very difficult. And it can actually cognitively be too much of a load for you if you're already trying to overcome a fear. Okay, so take one, take one step at a time. Because remember, bringing that banana in, and then maybe the muffin and the bagel is flexibility. You don't have to do it all at one time. Okay, but that's generally speaking how you do that. And again, just diving into any negative thoughts that you might have around it. But the one thing that I think is really, really important is to notice that nothing negative or terrible is going to happen. Having that apple, having that piece of fruit. Although again, it is possible that if you should bring something in and you start to really enjoy it, that maybe there could be some GI disruption. And that might be because now you're overeating maybe too much of this thing that you've been telling yourself you can't have. And it's actually a, There's more to it than just having that piece of fruit, maybe there's something else that's going on that you're not actually paying attention to and you're not accepting. So that could be even having this trigger now it's not, you know, or this least favorite, you know, whatever that looks like or forbidden food is that maybe that one cookie brought in actually turned into five. You're not ready yet. okay but that five can cause some disruption too. Right. So we have to be very careful. And so you can do it, but just take it in steps and take it in strides. It's, it's not something that you can't do. You have to be willing to leave learn in, or lean into that discomfort because that's where growth happens. Any comments, any thoughts? No, it's pretty simple. No. It actually is pretty simple. And it's um, it's a, it's something that I've always used with both myself, but also with other clients. But I know that some of the um, stuff that I've read and I, I don't do research, but I have read into um, an understanding more of um, recovering from binge eating because I do have clients that have gone through that. So I want to understand their situation, what they've had to do, some of the protocols mm-hmm. that their nutrition experts have given them, their doctors. And a lot of them do that. It's part of the protocol where they start to, you know, you got to, you got to, you got to bring those. I don't want to call them triggers, but you got to bring those fear foods back in. Mm. Yeah, so, and as you, go ahead.
0: Sorry. Now I was going to say, as you were answering that question, part of, um, especially towards the end with the leaning into the discomfort, I kind of, I looped back to that first question we answered back to a powerful question people don't ask themselves or might be too scared to ask themselves. It's, it's, It's around, you know, are they willing to lean and are they willing to get uncomfortable in terms of, you know making making changes because it's not gonna it's not always going to be easy and whatever it is right in nutrition like you just described even the last few questions you know that change is never simple and easy and unicorns and rainbows sometimes it's scary sometimes it's well not sometimes it's 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 hard but it can also be quite rewarding if you keep working through it so yeah
1: for sure I'd like to end this with one last question. We're going to do another Q and A. Um, or we'll be doing them regularly. I yeah. think at some point we might
0: even use the maybe we'll use the cool little anchor feature where you can leave us sure. messages. That'll they, be that'll be cool. And we'll we'll probably try and make sure we get our shit together and not just ask you for questions the day before. <laughs>
1: Well, but you know, and I do have this question, but I'm not going to do this one today, but I like the one where I've actually been asked a personal question of like my competitive years of like, do I have regrets? I'm not going to dive into that one. Cause I think that's, there's a lot to go into that, but I thought, why not go into a training question? Oh yes. So everybody knows that my background is personal training. So I don't pretend to be someone who is an expert. I actually do understand strength and conditioning. Um, it's just been a long time since I've been on the floor. That being said, I get this question all the time because people don't understand what the, what the terminology is. So, um, the question is, is how do you approach a deload or what is a deload? So basically the deload is, um, I like to put it in layman's terms of like reducing your, either your, well, it's a combination of everything, to be honest, reducing your intensity and your volume, you know, and you're striving to be about 50 to 60%. Now that can be on a scale of rate of perceived exertion. So if you work at a nine, now you're working at a five. If you work at an eight, maybe, you know, like at, at a six, like it really is just kind of looking at that perspective of like where you need to bring some of that intensity and that volume off you, um, you're utilizing the same exercises. You're just at, like I said, a lower intensity, lower volume. The idea is recovery. Okay. We're not trying to tax the muscle more. We're actually, in fact, trying to rest our nervous system. We're trying to, you know, give our muscles a little bit of a break still active. I I like to call it a little bit of active recovery, if you want to call it that um, to a certain point, but you're also giving your, your, your mind a little bit of a, a deload as well. You're not trying to go in and purposely try to push yourself through that envelope of like, I need to hit the PR today. Okay. So you're pulling back. It's going to put you in a better place to then get into your next block of training. Now everyone is different. Maybe you're not following a training program where a deload is necessary because you're not consistent enough. This would go out to those people who are in programs who are consistently striving to become better, stronger, um, increasing their performance. So you can take a deload, even in your performance activity of running. Um, you know, we pull back all of this for a reason and it's number one goal recovery. So a deload is just basically recovery. Okay. Now I've also had people say, well, I just take a week off. If that's what you choose to do, that is fine as well. Okay, I'm not saying there's because there's no right or wrong. Right? If you have someone programming you and and you say to them that that falls right in my week that I want to go away, you don't need to be like doing a deload in the gym in Hawaii, you don't need to be doing that shit. You could be like, maybe this is where we call it the active rest or active whatever you want to call it. And you're in Hawaii running on the beach, because that's what you want to do. It's not lifting weights, it's not doing all the things you were doing up until this point. So Pulling back volume, pulling back intensity, rest in your body and being prepped for the next block of training. Nina, do you do, uh, deloads or you probably haven't had to do much with your injury, right? In terms of deloading or anything? I, yeah. Well, I haven't, um,
0: funny you should ask, cause I haven't had to really push myself. Yeah. Like we're just, we're, we're very much in a, and it's, um, actually there was another win i could have mentioned at the beginning because i had a pain free workout for like the first time in over 12 months last week that's good i squatted i I squatted with a barbell on my back for the first time in i don't know six months and i because i just haven't done any of those things in such a long time so but we've been working on sort of starting to build some upper body strength. So I'm actually excited. We are starting to work up to like heavy, like more volume and, and heavier loads um, for the upper body. And we're just starting to bring in a bit more work for the lower body because I'm now in a position where I can because it's right. getting better and I've got more range. And, you know, um, like I'm that's the point in time I'm at in my rehab, but it's very much uh, that we're still considering... Those things, like my my um, PT, is pretty, pretty, pretty good with that to make sure that we don't, you know, it's about exploring and trying things out at the moment as opposed to pushing, pushing the envelope. But even before when I've um, followed a particular lifting program, I've I've had deloads in there for sure because it definitely when you're in it and it's it's great when you're going after a goal and you're like in the zone, almost like you know you're zoned in on that one particular thing and it almost like sometimes depending on what it is you know and like if you're training for a race it's probably maybe even a similar thing you're so focused on that thing that it's you know some of you you might be starting to plan your life around some of those things so it's not you know physically you need the break or you need that lighter load but also mentally it's nice to then be able to you know you're like oh I don't have to you know go for five runs this week I can just do three or whatever it looks like right because like you said it could just be lower volume lower intensity or it could be just a you know you're just going for walks the entire week because that's what you need and I think I want to actually add a little bit in there too because I think the concept of a deload is a very like the way we have just explained it I think you can also apply that you know yes it comes from a fitness context but I think you can apply that to other areas too. And like if, you know, other business owners, if you launch things, you might know, you know, you're like ramping up to talking about stuff for a certain period of time. And then when that's done, when you've, you know, you close your program at the doors or, you know, you're done talking about the exciting thing, you can give your mind a deload after those things as well. Because if you've, you know, you've just focused on something so much, you're just, you know, you need to deload your brain a little bit and give yourself a bit of space to just to, to just be or to just do the bare minimum for a few days like I noticed that yesterday my brain was so fatigued from just being crammed full of all the you know all the studying I've been doing that this week I actually need to give myself a bit of a deload from just taking in new information as much yep. as I can right because I'm just I need to let that kind of, you know, settle back down. Not that I need that kind of information for the rest of this year, really, but I just, you know, because I've been so focused on this one thing, I now need to just let myself relax a little and just be okay with, you know, just consuming stuff. Maybe I'll write some content, maybe I won't, but that's 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 what I need for myself. and everyone's different, too, right? So there's, the obvious, it depends um, both from the fitness and or the other standpoint, because we're all, we're all different. Um, but I think it's something worth considering if you're noticing you're like, go, go, go a lot of the time. Can you give yourself like a little mental deload, right? And it doesn't have to be a week either. It could just be a day or two, but where you, you know, can you just lower the load on on yourself, on your brain, right? And just do some bare minimum things and i think as our coach karen likes to say let your brain be a brain
1: yeah i think that people over or sorry they underestimate the power of you know the cognitive um, breaks that we need because yeah. it's part of the mental fatigue and it plays a huge mechanism in self-control too so all right i think that's it we've taken up enough of your guys's time so i do appreciate all the listeners as usual um that being said nina I think I think we're we're done today I think we are
0: um I mean, I just wanted to and just to I think echo what you just said just um thank you for listening to us for 15 episodes if you're one of the ones that is sticking around since the beginning um it's it's been an interesting journey it's been awesome I never started this for vanity reasons it was to help more people figure their shit out. Sorry, I've planned your your catchphrase there, but
1: no. I I won't even hope. I know it is. So yeah. that's how I think. That's how I think. All right, means It's been a blast. It's yeah. not have it's not a slice. Today it's a been a blast.
0: <laughs> you know, we need to have listened to the previous. I think it'll be the episode that comes out before this one to to get that one.
1: Somewhere along the lines, I said it. So somebody's going to pick up on it. Yeah.
0: All right. Have a good one, everyone.
1: Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Two Worlds Collide. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it. And don't forget to tag us at Two Worlds Collide Pod. Or follow or subscribe on the podcast app of your choice and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. This allows us to grow our community of listeners who are ready to make up their own minds and it's the best way for others to find us. Chat to you next week.